Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the end of season WTF1 Awards. My name is Matthew Gallagher, and my co-host for this evening, who did not get the dress code, is Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 founder. And I really hope there's some kind of awards music overlaid on that intro. Otherwise, that is going to fall very flat. But Tom <laughs> Bellingham, welcome along, my friend. I'm hoping you're a few drinks Hello. deep already into this WTF1 award show. You'd think so, considering you're wearing Alpine merch. But let's just, let's let's give people, well, audio listeners won't hear it. Hear it? See it? They will hear it but they can't see you right now. What are you wearing? No, I've got a lovely Alpine hat on, which still has a sticker on, and it and it's for Alonso and Docon, so you can't say that I'm Alonso fanboy because, you know, representing both. And I've got an Alpine T-shirt on, which is made by Le Coq Sportif. Ah, Le um, Coq Sportif. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, perfect. Oui. And for audio <laughs> listeners, I am wearing a full suit absolutely not wearing shorts below where the camera can see and also wearing a WTF1 beanie for that branding. You know what I'm saying. So anyway, welcome along to the WTF1 awards ceremony. We are going to be crowning some winners here today. Seven, in fact, seven award winners. I've gone for a very like award-winning show voice. Uh, So hopefully, uh, I hope Tommy, you can maybe announce one or two as well uh today and give it give yeah it your, give it your best shot um so tommy we've we've ex- we haven't actually explained why you're wearing what you're wearing so you firstly need why to why i'm in my sporty chicken top yeah can we can Someone we apologize can we get that out of the way yes okay so for context well the 40 percent of our twitch chat had no idea why i was wearing alpine merch for a start but like basically if one official go follow us thank you as always um so the start of the year I very boldly, and I would say confidently, I watched it back, I was very confident about it. I said that Almost there's no way, well, clearly, because I'm here <laughs> wearing this and spent money on it. Um, I confidently said that no team other than Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, and McLaren, which was the top four last year, would break into the top four. And I said, there's no way that's going to happen. And if a team does, I will buy their merchandise and apologize to them on the end of year podcast. So this is my apology to Alpine. I'm sorry. Well done, guys. Enjoy the money (laughs) (laughs) that I spent on this merchandise. Um, And yeah, uh, I didn't, didn't see it coming at the start. Fair play to Alpine. They did a great, did a great job uh, at the start of the year. I listened to it back and totally forgot that Alpine were in the mud at the start of the season. Alonso had that massive fire and they looked like they were going to break down every single race. Kind of did with Alonso, but they were quick and got enough points. So well done. So an apology from you uh, to Alpine and a thank you from me to Daniel Ricciardo for being washed. Otherwise, this probably (laughs) wouldn't have happened. happened. 
Um, but yes, well done, Alpine, for P4 and the constructors and the additional budget you've just got from Tommy spending. How much was it on the merchandise overall? Um, about 30 quid. For the hat and the shirt? Mm. Yeah, loving it. End of season. Oh, yeah. mm, lovely. Okay. Hello. Uh, other merchandise is available. Right. Let's oh, get into it. <laughs> Seven award winners, as I say today, uh, to be crowned. So the first one we are going to we're going to we're going to dive straight into it. All right. So the okay. first one. Yeah, we're not we're not we're not giving any you know terrible awards out to begin with. We're starting with race of the year. The nominees are. Saudi, Silverstone. I'm hoping there's going to be like something coming up on the YouTube. Um, it might be a bit word. weird. Probably it might be not. A bit weird for the audio. Okay, so that was a bit weird, I guess. For <laughs> uh, <laughs> USA <laughs> and Brazil. Okay, so we're actually we're not we're not going to do this in a normal award shows where they just crown the winner we're going to let you know the percentages so up to thirty thousand of you voted on these awards uh, and in fourth place okay. from these nominations was saudi with nine percent in third we had the usa with 12 percent, and that means in second place very close this but coming up in the runners runners up spot is brazil with 38 percent, which means the winner of race of the year goes to Silverstone, 41%. That's close. So let's break that down. Applause we now. Think, well, well done. Hand applause. Well done, Silverstone. British bias, standard, rigged. Absolutely. So you've put in the podcast sheet. Are we not going to talk about the races? We're going to talk <laughs> so about the just, races now. So you're just going to fly through them. And no, like, we're not. This isn't like a be a very good video. podcast. You know, this is a podcast where we'll now break it down and go... Do, well, firstly, do we agree? Do we think that Silverstone was race of the year? Ooh, yes. Or were you a, a Brazil voter? I think for me, when we're looking at race of the year, this is particularly the Sunday occasion. Brazil was definitely week, race weekend of the year by an absolute country mile. But Silverstone, oh, yeah, definitely. putting my Leclerc bias aside, I probably would have voted Silverstone just for the jeopardy, the drama, a first-time winner. You had everything. You uh, did. But if that I did have the Leclerc as well, fanboy, oh my word. I would have, um, yeah, definitely not voted. Yeah, for. that's fair. We were going to get we were going to get called British bias anyway, regardless, because if we'd have voted for Brazil, it would have been because George Russell won, he's British, and British bias and all that. I agree with you. Brazil was a superb race weekend. The race was great as well. Maybe some moments in the middle that weren't particularly great, but Silverstone for me was just drama all the way through like you you almost forget that max verstappen came through the field got into the lead then had his puncture dropped all the way back um because you you only really think about the end with all the battling um between leclerc hamilton and perez which was some of the best racing i've ever seen and some people you know have argued that oh it's not particularly fair they're all pushing each other off and going off I've been dreaming of racing like that for ages where it's just like IndyCar and you just let them do whatever the hell they want, drive off the track, push each other off, swap positions and let it all sort itself out. And it was absolutely incredible. And uh, for me, that's why I think Silverstone beats Brazil in terms of just the best race because that racing was superb. And yeah, like you say, you, you had Science as a first-time winner as well, which was a great story, even if it was a unusual victory where he sort of got 
handed it to him at the end on great tires, but, you know, had to make the move and the camera didn't even know where to look, did it at the end? Cause you, you had uh, Hamilton trying to get through the field on Perez uh, and I think it was Alonso and Norris were on the back of them as well. That amazing battle of second. Uh, and then Sainz was like battling with Leclerc and should he stay behind him? Should he protect the lead? You didn't know what was going to happen. It was just awesome. And the Joe cra- the crash that someone just yeah. mentioned in the chat. You almost forget about that as well because there was just so much going on. And obviously that is a, a miracle that he was fine after the roll hoop failing. And um, thankfully the halo did its job. So he had a, a miracle really there as well. Um, just what what an insane race. It certainly was. And one question that definitely comes out uh, for me, at least you know, when we're reflecting on Silverstone, Tommy, is why didn't they pit Leclerc? <laughs> I know. That will haunt you to this day. We had, had that a lot though during the year. Why didn't they pit Leclerc or why did they pit Leclerc? It was Whichever was the wrong thing to do, that's what Ferrari would do. Oh, Hungary. Good times. Good times. So well done uh, to Silverstone for winning. Brazil, again, was a great race. 38% of you, very close between Silverstone and Brazil. Um, It was, again, a great, it was an incredible race weekend. Kevin Magnussen pole position, George Russell winning for the first time, Hamilton trying to chase him down in the final few laps. It had everything for Stappen and Hamilton coming together. You had so much jeopardy once again, but I think in terms of a package deal of just the Sunday, uh, Silverstone just edges it. Of course, you got USA where you had that really tense fight between Hamilton and Verstappen, and you're wondering, is, has Lewis... Yeah, uh, you know, done it. Is he gonna just about uh, manage to beat Max? But unfortunately, he didn't. Um, and then, of course, you you got the the massive crash with Stroll and Alonso, and Alonso coming through the field, and plenty of stuff with the USA, but only twelve percent voted for that. The USA was a banger, and only twelve percent shows how good the other two races were. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think either of us really even put USA in that ballpark of no. definite race winner. Uh, could have been a race. race, race could have been race of the year in maybe like. A few other seasons gone by, but yes, Brazil and Silverstone were just absolute bangers. I thought Saudi was probably better than USA, maybe in terms of what we saw and the battle for the lead there and the DRS chicken that we saw and Perez leading and then getting shafted. Yeah. And we had you still having stuff hope. going on there as well. Me having me, I mean, Leclerc leading the championship <laughs> at that point. That's why I'll absolutely vote for Saudi. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was so amazing they, that race. You had some good you had, the, you had the excitement, didn't you, of the, the season and after what happened in Bahrain as well, Saudi got, you rarely get a battle for the win like that where they're swapping constantly and it's going right down the thing because it was only a few laps to go. And even even when Verstappen got past, you still thought Leclerc might get the DRS on him um, and go back past him. It was just, it was just awesome. It certainly was. Uh, Leclerc did not come out on top on that fight, in that fight, or in many of the other fights where he was uh, at the front with Max Verstappen. Uh, pain. Okay, <laughs> race of the year done. Congratulations to Silverstone. We now move on to our second award of the morning, day, evening, wherever you are in the world. You can you can choose what time this WTF Awards is happening. It, it is Tweet of the Year. The nominees are Hamilton with Imagine response to Nelson Piquet's comments. Piastri shunning Alpine. Marcus Ericsson's silly season prediction. And Haas bantering Ryan Eyre. Mm-hmm. Do you want me Good to tweet straight into the results? Or yeah, we can we, do the results and then talk about them afterwards. Yeah, all right, I don't okay. mind. All right, big boy, let's do it. Okay, <laughs> you're the host. In am I? Who knows? You got, you got the suit on. I I do half the suit. Uh, in fourth position, Ericsson. 
with 3% of the vote. Oh, little, oh. little pitter-patter of applause for that one, I think. In third place, Haas and Ryanair with 9%. Hamilton Imagine gets runner-up spot with 24%, which means the winner of Tweet of the Year goes to Piastri Shunning Alpine. There is no tweet in the world that would top that. What a moment. I don't think Oscar Piastri had in his mind that he wanted to win the WTF One End of Season Award when he tweeted it, but he must have known this is going to break the internet. And it was such a crucial time for us because we had nothing going on. It was a summer break, wasn't it? And we just kind of got into the, oh, we've not got any F1 news. Boom, Oscar Piastri. No, I'm not driving for Alpine. I've not signed anything and I won't be driving for them in 2023. My goodness me. I mean, to be honest, unbelievable PR stunt for Oscar Piastri there as well. Like his name was everywhere. Yeah. I wonder how many, I can't remember. We, we spoke about it at the time because I've just gone back on the tweet and I'm pretty sure he only had about 100,000 followers at yeah, this point, maybe even less. I think it was less. Um, less. Uh, and the tweet got 30, uh, sorry, 386,000 likes uh, and <laughs> nearly 100,000 retweets. Uh, and Oscar Piastri, like you say, he wasn't really that well well known at the time. And boy, did he suddenly, uh, was he well known after that, that tweet? I mean, I don't think, uh, I'd argue this is like, probably the tweet if you think of f1 twitter i think this will be remembered for years we'll be looking back on this at 10 in 10 years time being like do you remember when piastri (laughs) did just exploded the whole of f1 twitter um unbelievable what what a moment It it had to be piastri it couldn't have been anything else and the vote reflects that Absolutely. I'm having a wardrobe malfunction for those watching on YouTube. But uh, that was uh, Piastri was absolutely the one uh, to to win that. Well done, Oscar. Um, it, it was a win-win situation for him. He called out Alpine trying, trying to do something sneaky. Uh, and you are, of course, a big Alpine fan as you are oh, yeah. uh, fully head to toe in it. And um, yeah, I think it he came out of that the absolute winner, despite I think the Alpine CEO saying that he'll, you know, he'll regret doing it. He'll pay whatever he said about how Piastri won't be trusted by other teams moving forward and things like that. Mm. Reality it's is a bold, it was a bold move. Mm. It was a bold move, but yeah. Absolutely. What, what, what a way to, what a way to start your F1 career as well. Yeah. Everyone knows your name. That's for sure. Mm. Uh, so well done, Oscar Piastri. You win tweet of the year. One thing I will actually mention, Ericsson's 3% uh, get, getting for his tweet. His silly season prediction, a lot of people mentioned that should be on the shortlist. And after watching it back, it's not actually as good of a tweet as... You, you, there was a moment, wasn't there, where you looked at him and went, this is going to all be right at one point. But actually, what he'd got Ocon and Gasly right. He'd got Norris and Piastri right. Um, but everything... Uh, Bottas and Joe was obvious. He thought Albon and De Vries were going to partner, which didn't obviously happen because De Vries went to AlphaTauri. He said Schumacher and Sonoda would be partners at AlphaTauri, uh, and Haas would be Magnussen and Ricardo. So it didn't actually tweet, end up being. It didn't that actually good end up being that good. No, after all the talk of like, oh my word, Marcus Ericsson's going to get every single one of these right. It wasn't actually that much of a banger. So. Sorry, Marcus. You it did win did the look at some point. Though. We were like, "Hold on, that's uh, 
That's looking a little bit too good in, in my eyes. But tax day is coming. Oh no! But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a three percent match, you can get up to a hundred ninety-five dollars for the twenty twenty-three tax year. Oh yeah! Sign up at Robinhood.com/slash/boost-by-tax-day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. Three percent match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Uh, and then, of course, the second one was was oh, sorry, third place. And the second one we're going to talk about is Haas uh, banter with Ryanair. Ryanair got very vocal this year, didn't they? Uh, with um, F one fans, you can tell that the admin is absolutely a Formula One fan. Um, and Ryanair's social strategy is just just engage with Rogue. everyone. Just be rogue and talk about everything. Um, but uh, it was quite funny that Ryanair said, Ryanair livery in F1, nice. Haas would be in our budget range. Haas, nah, you're okay. We had enough of being last to our finishing destination last year. <laughs> that is, I mean, unbelievable. Fair play. That's uh, fair play. So well played. Well played, Haas. Uh, and then, of course, uh, in runners-up spot was, was Hamilton and uh, just literally quote tweeting, imagine um and that was uh, in response to a fan tweet wasn't it and then uh a fan, yeah, Lewis Hamilton uh, just tweeted yeah. who the f is nelson pk then closed twitter <laughs> he just put imagine uh as a brilliant response we Absolutely. saw quite a bit of rogue hamilton this year didn't we on twitter where he sort of doesn't care anymore because there was the a lot of people also nominated the alonso tweet where i think alonso said something about hamilton wasn't very good anymore and then hamilton shared a picture of him on the podium when they were teammates ahead of Alonso with just a thumbs up. Um, and I think Hamilton almost went back to the old school days of Twitter where posting is kind of um, unfiltered and yeah, just, telemetry. Yeah. Just unfiltered. It was funny to see. So yeah, fair play. Great well, tweet Hamilton. as well. Yeah. We we like to see uh, the personality side of, of Hamilton on, on social media and, and not being, you know, sort of, squashed into not saying anything because everyone jumps yeah. on everything he says um it was good to see and of course piastri was 64 percent an absolute landslide winner okay we now move on to our third award and it is the social media teams championship now if you watch the internet's best reactions you'll know if you follow us on social media you probably would have seen who uh was the winner so in third place was alpine with 13 points mm, in second place in second place, it was Mercedes with 24 points. And the winners of the Social Media Team Championship, once again, a Haas F1 with 34 points. It wasn't even close. They ran away with this championship. And as much as, you know, we sometimes do double points for the last race and all that good stuff, they'd already wrapped it up. It was done and dusted. They just posted banter after banter and Gunter Steiner ships and Kevin Magnussen on pole and... They just had everything uh, work out for them this year. And and they are definitely the funniest, I would say, uh, social media outfit uh, on the grid. Yeah, and fair play to them that they carried on winning despite the fact that they weren't... Because a lot of the, the banter from the year before was them sort of like self-owning themselves because they were the worst team on the grid. Now, they're not that, but they still brought the bant. So fair play to them. Awesome. It's funny. Uh, yes, uh, yesterday, last year, even. Hello, Matt. Um, is I, I think I tweeted them saying what because I think they had a they put some sort of graphic out, and I replied to them saying, "If you ever were to get pole position, do you, do you have a graphic ready?" Uh, and then they just <laughs> said, "Oh, you'll have to wait and see." And then, of course, when they got 
poll in Brazil, they absolutely did not have that graphic ready, did they? Yeah, it was, it was no in no chance. archive whatsoever. That was made within the eight minutes of that last Q3 session. And, <laughs> um, uh, it's, yeah, it was amazing. That whole moment was was awesome, wasn't it? It was. Incredible scenes. Incredible scenes. So well done, Hass. You won the Social Media Teams Championship for a second year. We now move on to our next award, which is Most Controversial Moment. Now, the nominees are Vehicle on Track in Japan, Verstappen Title Confusion in Japan, Red Bull Cost Cap Breach, and Verstappen versus Perez Team Orders in Brazil. Now in fourth position. A lot of Verstappen in there. (laughs) A lot of Verstappen in there. A lot of Japan in there as well. In fourth position, we have the title confusion with 8% of the vote. In third place, team orders in Brazil with 16% of the vote. In the runners-up spot, Red Bull cost cap breach with 33%, which means the winners of the most controversial moment of the 2022 F1 season is the vehicle on track in Japan. Ouch. Yeah. 43% of the vote, 10% clear of uh, the rebel cost cap breach. I think it's interesting. It's it's how you kind of measure what a controversial moment is. I guess from the sporting personality drivers clashing side, I would have voted the Verstappen Perez team orders in Brazil because that, that caused an absolute meltdown of discussion and chat about that all. But when you look at, I guess, controversy in the sense of the FIA not doing their job. The the vehicle on track wins hands down every single day of the week. No, no problems, no questions asked. Um, so I can see why so many people voted for that. I, I too back that, back that vote. And that whole debacle was just, it doesn't feel real, to be honest with you. It doesn't feel like it was something that actually happened after all the learnings, especially at the track where <sighs> we so sadly uh, lost Jules Bianchi after a crash with uh, one of the recovery vehicles. And, you know, to, th- there were so many levels to it. It wasn't just like, oh, you've made a mistake. It was, you haven't learned from your previous mistakes. It's at the same track. There were so many things to it, which upset a lot of people. Yeah, because we had that recovery vehicle on track in the Massey era. I want to say, was it Turkey, Turkey that came qualified. out? Yeah. But again, it it came out, cars were coming out on track and it was like, it was still appalling and it was really bad and we rightly kind of criticised it. But this was just 10 times worse and the fact that the cars were going past it, watching Gasly in particular, yes, he was going quicker, but he was... You know, sticking to a delta time to re- recover back, like it just should never have been in that situation anyway. Um, for that to happen, not only the vehicle as well, the the onboard of the marshal where he's he's sort of moving science's car, why they needed to be there, and then it was a red flag all day long. I don't understand why it wasn't just immediately red flagged. Um, so the fact that yeah, the whole thing was a mess. Um, and yeah, you mentioned Japan. Just that whole weekend was just an absolute disaster for the FIA. And I do feel really sorry for the fans as well that only got to see uh, half a half a race essentially uh, after you know waiting so long for the Japanese Grand Prix to be back. Such a shame. And um, yeah, this this one is just 
can't even make a joke of it. It's just it was just appalling what what happened, and right rightfully, uh, you know, people have voted it the most controversial moment of the year, and hopefully this will never happen again. But we said that after uh, Suzuka twenty. Sorry, my mind's gone blank. Sixteen, was it fifteen? Yeah, 15, 16. Uh, 15, 14, 14. A long time ago. But yeah, yeah it should never have happened ago. again. It should not. And uh, it's interesting, someone in the chat said uh, it was not controversial. We all agreed it was bad, uh, which I, I guess is a very good point. Yeah. Controversy is usually when we have a, a split of, of decision. Thank you, chat, as well, for co- confirming it was 2014. Um, yeah, but uh, I guess in the same sense, it's controversy in the sense of the FIA were, were kind of not really admitting too much fault there and they said they'd have an investigation and and whatnot but um yeah let's hope we don't have to talk about japan and stupid decisions ever again um mm. fingers crossed next up no before we do that let's talk about the other three title confusion of course you said it was a terrible um suzuka time for the fia and that was another thing where verstappen was given full points and no one really had a clue what was going on. Verstappen didn't know if he was world champion. Johnny Herbert was the one to tell him uh, in an interview. Uh, you you had just, you know, the whole thing was just crazy. Uh, the fact that a massive organization like the FIA, like Formula One, couldn't work together and figure out what the hell was going on. Um, so that was sad for you, Tommy, because again, another championship where you couldn't celebrate it. You get that like one moment, yeah. We go, Max Verstappen is the world champion. Yeah. Because it, it just, I mean, you did have it in 2021, but there was that whole sort of gray yeah, cloud yeah. over you going, hmm, That's have not I right. won though? Is yeah. it going to be okay? So. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a mess. And again, the same, the same race, the fact that uh, they couldn't get it right. They had the, it was weird that the graphics were telling you that that they were rewarding full points the whole time, but the commentators weren't briefed and didn't know um, how that can happen um, is just baffling. And what was a shame as well, it ruined that excitement of Perez chasing down Leclerc because that would have been the moment where, you know, you'd have had Crofty, um, you know, potentially going, oh my word, you know, He's he's gone through. That's probably going to be a penalty. That could be the world championship there. And then even though it would have been a penalty deciding, then it would have changed the championship. But the problem was we got told about the Leclerc penalty, and you're like, well, it doesn't matter because it's half points. Then it wasn't half points. Oh, it's just just a mess. <laughs> Leclerc could have won the world title had he not locked up at that final corner. Who knows? <laughs> the whole universe could have been different. That is copium at its finest. Uh, the other two were team orders in Brazil, which I kind of mentioned. I think that was enormous, that team radio that came across uh, from Max to Sergio. It, co- it caused all kinds of discussions around what he meant by it. Was it Perez crashing on purpose in Monaco to stop him from improving behind? And there was lots of, uh, lots of rumors, lots of chatter around it. Um, and I so out of that, nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it was, we, I just remember sat there going, he said, what? Yeah, because it was so they. It wasn't like it was bubbling up, and you're like, these two are going to fall out at some point. It was literally just out of nowhere. You thought they were besties, or you know, Perez has been the perfect teammate, going for second in the title, and then all of a sudden, it's like, boom, Max is 
unhappy about something that happened way earlier in the year, still not over it. Even though, Hitler, even though they're not fighting for the world title, Max has it wrapped up. It's it wasn't. It wasn't for a dusted. win. It wasn't for a win. It was it literally was, sixth or seventh, or was it fifth or sixth? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was purely sending a message to his teammate about "I am not going to help you." Yeah, unless it's on my terms. Yeah, it was I get just one over the strangest thing ever, Bizarre. wasn't it? Um, so that got sixteen percent. Then Red Bull cost cap breach. Of course, you know we don't have to go into that anymore. They breached the cost cap. They got a fine. Some people don't think it's... I can't believe they mentioned it at the FIA Awards. They tried to make a joke of that as well. That was just like... Well, can you believe Red Bull put a little joke about it in their own Christmas image? I can. <laughs> I can. Yeah, that was yeah. there was some funny stuff in there. But for the FIA to make a joke out of it... Um, yeah, the FIA president was on very odd form on that in that award yeah, show. I think some uh, drinks had been flowing uh, mm. at that particular ceremony. Um, but yes... Uh, that was close with 33%. But yeah, the vehicle on track wins that award. Now we go to F1 driver of the year. Uh, and this is crowned through our ABCDEF1 driver ratings. If you want to go listen to the full podcast, we've already done one. Uh, so go and check that out on all good audio platforms. And also it's on YouTube as well. Uh, driver rankings 20 to 1. No surprise, the F1 driver of the year goes to Max Verstappen. Let me get, get the, the cape Trump on. out again. Yeah, <laughs> get the cape on. I mean, you're wearing Alpine. So yeah, screw the Alpine. You're not, a, you're not a Max fan right now. Uh, but my goodness me, this just... It, he was too good, even if Ferrari had performed at a decent level with strategy and reliability they still wouldn't have been able to beat Max, in my opinion. I think if it was completely equal machinery, Max Verstappen would still come out on top against Leclerc. I think it would have been close. I think maybe we could go down to the last couple of races. But Verstappen was on another level. We talk about it a lot in all of our watch-alongs and all of our podcasts, you know, how he's always on it straight away. You know, FP1, he's out there, and he is a second, second and a half quicker than everybody else. He just gets it. He never has off days. Singapore was one in a million one, yeah the whole year um, i'd say and he was sensational and we've we've said you know years ago when max gets a championship winning car he's going to be a very scary prospect and <laughs> he is proving that that is the case boy is that happening yeah i mean uh, the only other mistake i can think of other than singapore is when he spun in hungary and he won that race from after spinning um yeah just phenomenal season scary how in a car that's definitely the best the best car, no doubt, but not unbelievable dominance that we've seen in the past of like um, the peak of Mercedes or maybe Vettel's Red Bull for a couple of years uh, of his dominance or, you know, the McLaren uh, Honda days where they just were going to win every race regardless. The fact that, you know, Max Verstappen set the win record uh very close to doing it in percentage still, um, despite all those races. But uh, Shumi, Shumi, Shumi defended that one. Come on, the lads. That's one of the only <laughs> records he has left. But oh, yeah, speaking, you know, speaking of Shumi, like we are seeing Max Verstappen very, in my opinion, he's becoming very similar to, to Michael Schumacher in terms of the way he's driving, in terms of particularly this year, po like his pole to, to win ratio similar to Michael Schumacher's career, doesn't matter if he's not on pole. 
apparently it doesn't matter if you, if he's 14th on the grid at Spa, he's still going to win. And um, yeah, just a phenomenal season. And exactly what we said, we said it so many times, but um, it's just unbelievable that he managed to to be uh, that that good when all he needed was uh, a championship winning car. Like you said, imagine how good it'd be if he gets a title winning car. Start of the year, he wasn't he wasn't uh, what was it like? What didn't like the car, and it was more suited to to Sergio, and he was still winning races and leading the title after four or five races. So, yeah. There's a lot of similarities, I think, between Verstappen and Schumacher, not just that whole doesn't matter if he's on pole, he's still going to be incredible in the race, but also having that tenacity, that willingness to sometimes go past where the rules allow uh, to try and make sure that he can get the the most points and especially i think in 2021 you can say that that was the case uh where he he very much tested the fia and and what they were willing to do um whether that's a good or bad thing you can decide um but definitely a lot of similarities there uh, with schumacher so well done max verstappen you win f1 driver of the year if you only have a 401k you're not getting the most for retirement wait what add a Robinhood ira on top then they'll boost it by three percent you can do that and if you transfer in any retirement account you get three percent on top of that is there a limit to the match no limit Robinhood gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any ira on the market sign up for Robinhood gold at robinhood.com boost by april 30th subscription fees apply investing involves risk three percent match requires gold for one year from first match must keep ira for five years match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions Robinhood financial llc member sipc we now move on to esports driver of the year. Tommy, a massive esports fanatic, watches <laughs> all of the esports championships. I saw this moment, so I know who's who's won it at least. Well done, well done. So the esports driver of the year goes to none other than Lucas Blakely. Lucas, if you've watched F1 esports, he came from not even being picked in the pro draft, then finally getting selected in 2019. Uh, he finished. I think 15th in 2020 and and so 2019 and 2020 uh, and then eventually 2021 he started winning some races and this year he won the F1 esports uh, world championship won the drivers championship and um yeah the the step up from him has been absolutely incredible and he should be very very proud of himself he's you know it, the the emotion as well that was the one thing I saw because obviously I'm part of the F1 esports shows uh, the emotion that he showed uh, after winning a race or in, in an interview or or just when you talk to him off camera, you can tell how much it mean it means to him, how much it meant to him to win uh, the driver's title. And I don't think there's anyone more deserving uh, than what that what Lucas has managed, you know, being signed to McLaren shadow, uh, having that completely new environment around him. You know, you're signed to a big Formula One team. You've got, uh, you know, turning up to the McLaren Technology Center every day and, and training there. And that must be daunting in itself. But he managed oh, yeah. to hold on. Uh, he had the the greats of Rasmus and Otmir, et cetera, chasing him down at the end, but he held on. Uh, there was a moment, I think, in uh, Brazil where he it was the penultimate race of the year and he bounced back after getting caught over the last rounds before that. Penultimate round of the year, he had to win or get some sort of uh, decent result and he absolutely smashed it. So, well done, Lucas. You win. So, someone mentioned as well, he... Uh... Beat Sebastian Vettel in the race of champions as well. That he was did. quite the quite the moment. Uh so yeah, fair play to him. We we uh, chatted to him uh before the finale, didn't we? Uh I remember having a, a chat with him. And yeah, he uh the emotion when he crossed the line. Like you say, I never really sort of 
thought about it, but others may be like doing it from home when, when you've got that pressure of you're at McLaren. So you, you, you're in that environment where maybe it's not as comfortable as you can just get in the zone at your own, in your own kind of comfort uh, place or whatever, but yeah. Uh, awesome to, awesome to see. And uh, yeah, that, that emotion was incredible uh, as he, as he crossed the line, they, they put so much effort into these things. I mean, even just as a, casual gamer like i'm absolutely awful at f1 games um i don't know how much like when i used to practice a lot you're still absolutely nowhere near so that it just shows what level they have to be on you you can't just go like oh i can't really be bothered to play today like you've got to be improving like all the time and stuff so yeah impressive stuff well done yeah that's the thing that's most impressive about it is not necessarily being really good at the game because there are clearly plenty of drivers that are really good at the game, but it's having that mentality to turn up when the lights are on you, the cameras are on you, three quarters of a million dollars on the line and to yeah. perform uh, and, and do no mistakes during a race because that is one mistake and you miss out on Q1 or Q2. Like The, the gaps in qualifying it's oh yeah, I saw some of that. Absolutely outrageous. I'm talking thousands of a second between the top four or five. So yeah, uh, incredible stuff. Well done, Lucas. Okay, we now move on to best moment of the year. The big one. The big one. The final award of this year. The nominees are Leclerc versus Verstappen, Saudi battle for the win. Through goes Hamilton. At Silverstone, Latifi Purple Sector in Hungary, and Kevin Magnussen's pole position in fourth position. Last, so <laughs> fittingly, is <laughs> Nicholas Latifi with sixteen percent uh, of the vote. Well done. We should have done twenty nominees, so it could have been twentieth. Come on. Uh, it was a great but, moment. Fair play to him. To be fair, he had a he had a, fun, a few good moments, didn't he? Purple Hungary, Center, Hungary he was his jam, wasn't free it? Practice. He scored. I mean, to be fair, I would have I would have put in this best moment of the year category him turning the wrong way at Suzuka, and I feel like that maybe would have got some more votes. But <laughs> either or, Latifi. Uh, to be fair, the, the split moment. of the split of votes, the split of votes uh, are quite quite close actually. So sixteen percent for Latifi in fourth position. In third place. Is the Leclerc versus Verstappen Saudi battle with 22% of the vote? The runners up, the runners up, the runner up <laughs> is through goes Hamilton with 30% of the vote. And the winner of best moment of the year goes to Kevin Magnussen and his pole position at Brazil with two more percent. Then through goes Hamilton with 32%. Well done to Kevin Magnussen on that one. Uh, interesting. Two very different moments, I would say. Through goes very. Hamilton being, of course, Sergio Perez and Leclerc fighting really hard, both pushing each other off the track. Hamilton just drove on, drove past them. Crofty, of course, added to that moment massively with that bit of commentary. Uh, and it's a lot of people's favourite moment, for sure. But I guess from a sporting perspective, Kevin Magnussen in a Haas, getting pole position after the year they had last year. It was very fitting. And I think for me, yeah, definitely the best moment of the year. I think maybe the, maybe the percentage would have been more heavily in the favour of Kevin Magnussen had it been him clinching it at the end of qualifying rather than 
him getting it and then eight minutes of uh is it gonna well, we could you might yeah it didn't have that climax that maybe uh you know you were looking for uh at japan with with the verstappen's world title it's the same kind of thing isn't it where the delay sort of takes away from it a little bit but he's still got pole yeah it's still an incredible moment i mean if you've got to think magnuson getting pole if you go right back to the start of the year and the first test you'd be like Wait, Magnuson's driving because he wasn't even he wasn't even on the grid, um, and it was only because of Mazepin losing his seat and that whole Haas debacle that Kevin Magnuson returned. And then who would have thought? Especially, I think what makes that moment so incredible, and it's kind of it's almost like good and bad because if you think it's sad that we this year in particular more than any moment we didn't. We didn't see anywhere near enough underdog moments. You know, you didn't get a single midfield driver on the podium apart from Lando once right at the start of the year. And you had no idea that we'd go through a whole year where you don't really get any of these moments. You don't get like a knock-on winning for Alpine or, um, you know, like an Aston Martin on the podium or something like that. We didn't get anything like that. So when near the end of the year, you thought season's wrapped up, we're not going to get much here. It's a sprint race. So we had Quali on the Friday. And the fact that Magnussen, yes, he, he was fortunate, no doubt, but he got into Q3 and put the lap in that he needed, got to end of the pit lane. And let's not forget, you know, he he put that lap in. There were other cars on the track. Yes, it got it got wetter and stuff, but unbelievable. And a Haas, I think we said this during the watch-along, only I'd say probably Latifi getting pole would have been more of a like, oh my God moment because Haas, let's be honest with the greatest of respect. They've not, they've not had a real standout moment. You know, they still not got a podium or anything like that. So for them to get a pole position, it was just, um, yeah, magical moment. It was, it was just such a feel good moment that you just love about F1 when you get an underdog story like that. I called it a little bit as well jokingly in the watch yeah song, you I? did uh i was like oh kevin magnuson at the front of the queue is he gonna pop in a lap and get pole or something like that yeah and then, uh, he well and truly did i was absolutely joking when i said it but uh he uh he absolutely it, it was a great lap that's it right and mm. also i think i feel like you could you know you can say oh he was the first in the queue and and whatnot and you know he had the best conditions but i think lando was at the back of the queue and he still managed like fourth mm. or fifth he did yeah it's incredible uh, so Let's not take anything away from K-Mag, putting it where, you know, he put the lap in uh, as well as had some decent track conditions. But uh, yeah, Kevin Magnussen wins best moment of the year. Now, yes. one more award, uh, which uh, isn't in the sheet, goes to or is, uh, we're going to announce it, best dog of the year. Uh, because uh, you can see that he has announced himself onto the, <laughs> uh, the live stream. Uh, if you hold him up slightly, there he is. Uh, it's, of course, going to have to go to Frank Specklebottom, who, you know, not only is he a great dog, uh, he's brought many yawns to the watch uh many Twitch watch-along yawns, uh, you know, predicting a lot of the future, a lot of it being wrong. I, I won't lie to you, Frank. Uh, also, I'm hoping maybe for next year, you just, you, just, you know, uh, just stop being so soppy. Uh, I think that would be a, <laughs> that would be a good start, wouldn't it, Frank? Um, but it, he still wins best dog of the year. 
Um, so well Roscoe, done. Roscoe robbed, someone said in the comments. Roscoe has been well and truly robbed, but how many yawns has he delivered us on this uh, WTF1 uh, podcast? But um, look at him. What an absolute state. If you're an audio listener, I'm <laughs> sorry, but um, uh, he is currently sat on Tommy's lap being very, very soppy indeed. Tommy, that is the end of the uh, WTF1 awards for this year. How do you feel about that? And what are your final uh, thoughts? My final thoughts are, I'm very warm wearing a hat. I don't. I never wear hats. Um, so that's, that's true, a new. Actually. That's a new experience for me. I think. I think it really adds to me looking like more, even more of a child as well. Yeah. Um. So that's a that's a, a good look. And yeah, nice to reflect back on. Maybe not a vintage year, but it's shown that we've had some pretty incredible moments. And thanks to everyone that, I mean, this year more than ever, you know. Ex- people experiencing it with us because we've been doing so many twitch watch alongs and things and you know we've been we've been there with you uh witnessing those moments like kevin magnus and pole or through goes hamilton as we heard it five minutes down the road uh before it happened <laughs> as we were sat in a room uh outside of silverstone so yeah uh so i will say thank you everyone that joined us this season for um all these amazing moments and living f1 with us f1 nerds that's exactly it right it's it is living these these moments with you all whether it's live on twitch whether it's on our through our podcast uh whether it's through our youtube videos or social media or whatever it's uh it's been awesome uh, and as you say it's not it's not been a vintage year if it was a bottle of wine it's something you'd crack out if you had some people over you know what i mean like you know you'd, you'd pour it out you don't really care the about the wine on. too much but you go oh that's, that's it tastes all right you know but it's not you get the cape on uh it, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't anything um to to shout home about i think 2022 but 2023 is where the ferrari hype train comes back is it? It's where, yeah, I can already okay. hear the choo chewing in the distance, and it's not the even uh, masterclass. Um, and also, I want to shout out to to those that sent over pictures to me from uh, listening to this podcast. I absolutely love seeing all of them. I'm pretty much liking every single one I see come through. Someone's like they're doing their driveway and it's snowy, and they're like, oh, "I'm just listening to the podcast." Another one's in a field somewhere. Like, yeah, it's I saw just, that guy in the tractor in Australia. Or something, yeah, it's, it? it's unbelievable. Yeah, so love, please do. That. Please do send, keep sending those in because I absolutely love seeing them uh, at Matty WTF1 or at Tommy WTF1 on Twitter. That's probably the easiest way to send them in. But um, yeah, it's it's awesome to see that stuff. And thank you again for all the support you've given this podcast, this Twitch channel, everything else uh, over the year. It's been amazing. Uh, probably going to do a stream tomorrow as well. So don't worry. We're going to play some games and have some fun stuff to see out at the end of 2022. But uh maybe the last podcast of the year so in that case i want to wish you a very happy new year i hope you had a good christmas and uh, we will see you for 2023 as well as frank's getting stuck in the wire <laughs> lovely stuff anything else from you tommy yeah i i will echo that, those thoughts about the podcast and the amazing spot on the podcast this year has been unbelievable uh you know we've done done a lot more podcasts this year and really enjoyed uh and doing them so yeah thanks for listening to my awful opinions that make me wear and buy alpine merchandise amazing stuff we'll see you very soon audio <laughs> listeners we're going to carry on on twitch for a little while so don't leave if you're on twitch all right i see you going we're not going yet all right uh, we'll see you very soon bye, bye. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. 
Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. 